All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. As always, I'm Logan, sitting here with Dustin, Ryan, and Morgan. Uh, go on and follow us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and follow us on Podbean, uh, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, and give us five stars and subscribe there. We'll jump right into the good, the bad, and the ugly and throw it over to Mr. Morgan Irby. All right. <clears throat> How you guys doing tonight? Good. I like your pullover. Thank you, man. Let's see here. Well, for the record, back. it's a UNC Wilmington pullover for all of America who can't see that. He looks like he's sitting in the uh, office for the Michael Scott Paper Company. I am. <laughs> so let's see here. I got my good, bad, and the ugly uh, this week. Good new, good one is uh, this past weekend we uh, did a little, you know, the whole Easter thing with yeah, the family, and we got a, a little water fountain thing in the jiggy for Brody to play with. You filled up with water and it kind of overflows from three different levels. So he just kind of ran around um, laughing and giggling with that and splashing with the water. Of course, Bridget's, you know, in the background just kind of staring, you know, like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, I, <laughs> I want to join in. <laughs> and then uh, a few days ago, we uh, finally got a one of those kids' picnic tables, little plastic ones that snapped together. Came in the mail, and we finally were able to put that together. I pulled the box into the living room, and Brody's just like, whoa. Like, as I'm putting it together the whole time, he's just like, whoa. Like, since it's all put together, he just sits down and proceeds to have his afternoon snack and little water cup. <laughs> so that's now his favorite table to sit at. That's his table, um, literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bridget took his other table, so <laughs> he we had to get him his own. <laughs> uh, bad. Uh, keeping it keeping it with Brody. Brody definitely has mommy's uh, allergy issues. He's, yep, he's got some horrible sinus issues. So. Hoping we can figure out some way to help him with that here soon. And then ugly. I got two uglies. One, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan with movies and the TV shows. And I'm going to continue to give the new Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, TV show as much as I can. But there's a character in it that's playing a new Captain America that I just am not buying into yet. So that's my ugly on that one. Also, the Red Come Sox. On, man. Give it, a, give it uh, a chance. That's part of the storyline. He's not supposed to replace <laughs> Steve Rogers. All right. I know that. I know that. And then I'm going to steal somebody else's ugly and say that the Red Sox Patriots Day uniforms are god awful. That was my. <laughs> ah, what the heck? I'd say they're worse than the Eagles throwback jerseys. That's fair. I mean, the Eagles <laughs> Kelly Green jerseys? The, that baby shit blue. That, Look, Google them. They're the jerseys they wore. I think McNabb was still on the team. The Eagles have the baby blue uniform. He's right. Yeah, they're, they're gone. They're ugly. I was about to defend their, even though I hate the Eagles, I was about to defend their Kelly Green uniforms because Dustin and no, I went no, to high no, school where no. Kelly Green was the primary color. So I was about to rep the home team. No, these they're were like right. blue. They, they were like blue and yellow. They were ugly as god awful. No thanks. But, Pass. 
Yeah. yeah. So Anything that's, that's baby funny. blue is god awful. We all know that. Hell yeah, brother. And speaking of baby blue, let's throw it over to Ryan for his good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have any baby blue except for my eyes. Uh, so, all right. I guess I'll go with the bad first because uh, I do think that the Red Sox uniforms, I understand what they're trying to do. There's a blue and green off the Boston Marathon. And so they're trying to rip that with the, with the city. But it, it, it doesn't look good for those that don't feel like Googling it or won't. It looks like the UCLA Bruins. It's, it's really bad. The B already, the Red Sox B already looks a lot like the UCLA Bruins. My second bad, I didn't have this written down, but um, uh, it's that Tim Riggins turns 40 today. All right, first of all, I, I was made aware of this this morning. Um, since when is since, like Tim Riggins will always be 18 as far as I'm concerned, even if he's 28. <laughs> okay. Like for, and second of all, how many, how many years was Tim Riggins in, in high school for like six? Like, I'm just, I mean, I know he's supposedly dumb, but like, <laughs> like, come on. He got Riggins, held back. Tim Riggins turning 40 bothered me. I heard that today and I was like, wait, he's what? He's 40. Like, like he's old now. So for it just means you're old now. Well, it, it, I mean, I, I apparently identify too much with a fictional TV character. So that <laughs> tells people uh, all they need. So to there's know. that issue. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I was kind of bummed about that. But, uh, oh, well, we'll just go with Navy SEAL Tim Riggin and we'll feel better about ourselves. So, um, Ryan, Ryan, tell us where it all started. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 so, uh, uh, anyways, that was my bad. Uh, we can go to we can go to my good next. Um, I think that the I I know we were going to talk about it potentially anyways. I think that the Hubert Davis hire is is a good hire. Sometimes I wrote down sometimes the boring hire is the is the right hire. It keeps it within the family. We've talked about this on the group thread. Um, I know it doesn't scare anybody necessarily, but he was technically, so to speak, he was in the living rooms with those other kids, and uh, hopefully that they would you know trust him and. And hopefully he's going to be a decent recruiter. I think it's, to be honest, I think it's probably a stepping stone over the next three to five years. It's whatever. Um, and then my other good of the week is I was watching a Carolina baseball game the other night. And by Carolina baseball game, that uh, they were playing South Carolina. I did want to point this out. Both teams were their team colors, but only one were Carolina on the uniforms. And that was the team from North Carolina. And, uh, that was the team that won too in extra innings. So I just like to point that out for all the South Carolina people out there. You're not Carolina. I actually watched ranked? that game. It was a good game. Yeah, yeah. I could have done played it. in Charlotte at the minor league stadium. It was, and it, it turned out to be a great baseball game. I could have done without the announcers at the end of the game trying to tell us how great of the game it was that we just. Won. <laughs> they were like kind of hitting us over the head with how wonderful of a college baseball game it was. It was like. Well, think about it, Ryan. They're they're trying to darn us to sell the game. They're like, what are we doing here? Nobody cares like, about either of these teams. Like how do we? It's like it might as well just be you know broadcasting squirrels on skis. <laughs> that actually would be more interesting than you know, South Carolina versus Carolina. So. I think Logan's just salty because his team's won five games all year. All those hey, hey, how many games have y'all beat us in this year? 
Exactly. Yeah. Next topic. <laughs> All right, fine. That brings me to my ugly, which is the ketchup shortage. Uh, there's a ketchup shortage. I watched this on late night TV this week, and seeing as how we are, we have argued extensively about communi- uh, communist, communist, uh, communist, and we don't like them either. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a strong anti-commie stance on this. Podcast. Yeah. About condiment <laughs> on those podcasts. Uh, I can make the bad, like the bad joke that I heard all week long about how hindsight about running out of packets is terrible. But uh, what condiment <laughs> would you live without? Uh, I think for or for me, it would be hot sauce. If they ran out of hot sauce, I'd be in trouble. So I don't know. I'd open it up to the group. I know I've been strong on mayo in the past, but you guys have anyone that you couldn't absolutely live without? Because ketchup shortage to me is 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 not a big deal. That I couldn't live without? That's easy as ketchup. I'm obsessed yeah. with ketchup. Two, that's times two. Yeah. If I, if I had to pick one that I couldn't live without, it'd be ketchup. The D-berries the D- do mustard. The D-berries have done one thing in their, their whole lives that is not Southern, and that's we put ketchup on eggs, brother. No. Mm-hmm. Hot dogs. <laughs> yep. y'all, y'all know how much sugar is in ketchup, right? Yeah, and I love that's every bit of very it. Much <laughs> I still do, brother. I'm, I'm just doing what I'm doing. <laughs> nah, yeah, for me it's for me it's mustard absolutely yeah. that's my second behind hot sauce oh hot sauce too yeah I, i'd have to say that's a tough one hot sauce and mustard are like tied one in one you can have all the hot sauce and mustard we'll take the ketchup yeah, exactly. when we get to the end of the world like, and we're bartering yeah exactly like, and the ketchup like for will me be- yeah. say for me frank frank's red hot is uh is the good stuff well, all right. That's my good, bad, and the ugly. But it's obvious that me and Morgan are opposed to the berries in the in the red condiment. In there. Well, that's the beauty of America, in brother. Cup, in, their, in their cup of sugar. You can have your opinion, and you can be wrong. So, anyways, <laughs> moving into Dustin's good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, mine's pretty positive this week. Um, one, the Orioles swept the Red Sox to start the season, so. We got to make sure that America knows that. I know uh, we talk a lot. Only to lose today. What part of that is Southern? Just curious. Uh, The the fact that I'm bringing it up and I'm from the South. Um, (laughs) Half of this podcast claims to be Red Sox fans. And so, uh, you know, got to bring it up. Orioles swept them to start the season. Last year, the Red Sox were in the basement of of the division, looking like they're headed that way again. Actually, the Yankees are down there right now. Hey, fuck them too. (laughs) (laughs) If if the Sox and Yankees fight it out for the bottom, I'm good with that. Yeah, that's a good day in America. Now we just need to throw the Cowboys, the Lakers, and and the uh, Tar Heels in there, and it's it'll be a good year. (laughs) Problem solved. Um, uh, Next, my man Grant Hill. He was named the next managing director of USA Men's Basketball. So that basically means he's in charge of the entire project. Nice. Um, which is pretty, that's a huge role to take over. Um, especially after the success they've had um, the past 15 years. Uh, he'll be taking over after the Tokyo Olympics, but um, I'm excited to, to see what he'll do with the team. And I'm excited he's getting the job. He's a great dude. Um, so good luck yeah, going. Um, continue with my Duke theme. Duke added another three star top 20 prospect to their class uh, this year. Um, Trevor Kills, who's a shooting guard. Um, he was number one player in Virginia 
Uh, so Morgan, you should be happy that he didn't choose UVA, even though he had a scholarship offer from there. And uh, That's a good he's reuniting. Day absolutely, he's reuniting with uh, our starting point guard Jeremy Roach, who <laughs> they both played at PVI here in Northern Virginia. And uh, you know, so hopefully that history will go well yeah. for next season. Could have did. Could have played at Tech. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't even have an offer from Tech. Much less consider it. I'm not <laughs> um, trust that now. And my bad. Uh, NCA like halftime between the Final Four games. They had Miley Cyrus, and she didn't sing "Party in the USA," but she did a bunch of covers. What's that about? I. That was a whole waste of like 20 minutes of my life because I thought party in the USA was coming. It didn't happen. So, and then the ugly was her hair. She needs to grow it back out. It was pretty yeah. bad. It's been like that for a while for her. Yeah, I don't know because I don't follow her except for when she comes on to halftime shows of sports I watch. But anyway, I was disappointed in the party in the USA thing. If you can't tell, I'm bringing it up again. <laughs> That's, I mean, come on. We know you for that and the wrecking ball song. Did she play the wrecking ball song? She did do that. Oh, well, that's that's. Weird. Did she play the climb from her br- very brief country career? I don't know. Maybe yeah, that song wasn't that good, anyways. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, just disappointed in the show. They could have done a better one, um, especially the letdown after. I'll just mention, and this is not a good or bad or ugly. I guess it should be a good. The Gonzaga-UCLA game was a fantastic basketball game um, during the Final Four. It was just UCLA, what a run from first four in to beating Michigan State to to make it to the field of 64 and then to go all the way to the Final Four and basically down to the last shot against Gonzaga. What a hell of a run. What a hell of a basketball game. Um, too bad Molly Sowers ruined that as soon as that was over with. <laughs> Maybe it was beforehand. I don't know. I'm just grumpy about Miley Cyrus. Either way, Miley Cyrus ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> She'll That's never it. have a hit like Achy Breaky Heart, damn it. <laughs> what is happening this week? You guys are on ke- ketchup on eggs, bro. Miley Cyrus is ruining your weekend. Like what at some po- at some point, the D berries have to align after thirty some episodes where we finally start being on the same wavelength. I mean, we were raised in the same house. <laughs> so. That's true. Anyways, all right. So for my good, the bad, and the ugly, good uh, today, I have to shout out a local Raleigh restaurant that's not really it's local to North Carolina more than just Raleigh, but they just moved to Raleigh. This place called Sam Jones Barbecue. Um, They have been in North Carolina for a very long time. They uh, first time I ever ate at one was when I was visiting uh, visiting some buddies in Greenville. Uh, went there. They smoke. They have two separate buildings. They have the place where you eat. They have the smokehouse, and they gave me a tour through the smokehouse where uh, they showed me the process of when they're cooking their turkey, their barbecue, their uh, ribs, the whole nine. And um, I, I went there in Greenville. It was really good. So about two months ago, three months ago, somewhere like that, they moved to Raleigh. Um, we've been there a couple times here recently, and. Um, Sam Jones Barbecue, got to shout it out. If you're ever in Raleigh, you definitely need to go because it's a fantastic place. You can get a barbecue sandwich. The turkey is the best turkey I've ever had. It's not dry like most Thanksgiving turkeys. Sorry to all the grandmas and mothers out there who make shitty turkeys, (laughs) but the reality is turkey is not that good. 
they make fantastic turkey. Um, they've, they've got everything. So you go there, they've got a full bar if you want that. So definitely go to Sam Jones barbecue. Um, I don't really have a bad this week, but I do have an ugly. And the ugly is the reaction from not all, but a sizable portion of the UNC fan base to their hiring of Hubert Davis to piggyback off of Ryan's point. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends, he is a big Carolina fan. He texted me and I have, th- if you, you're not really friends with someone until you put them on blast on a podcast for 20 people to hear. So it, the moment that they hired Hubert Davis, he texted me, he goes, fuck like that with like 12 case. And he was not happy about it. Cause he lives in, Rainbow Land, where he thought that they were going to, if they just had asked and Jay Wright or Billy Donovan was going to come to Chapel Hill to follow Roy Williams. And that's where my ugly is, where a lot of the UNC fan base thinks uh, they are, in my opinion, the number one job, maybe number two, if you make an argument for Kentucky, they are the number one job in college basketball. But Duke, they're the number one Duke, job. maybe Duke, maybe, but. They're not what the fan base thinks they are. Like when when uh, their AD Bubba Cunningham was made the comment that college basketball is better when UNC is good, bro. No one outside of Chapel Hill thinks that. I'm sorry. Like seriously. Like get out. Take off your Carolina blue tennis glasses and look at college basketball. Nobody gives a shit. Like seriously. So who who are they hoping for? They were. Uh, I can give you a list because that's where I was about to go with that. Thank you for the segue, Morgan. I'm yeah. glad you asked. I'm glad you asked because they have a funny feeling that they all have something in common. They legitimately thought that the reason they didn't get Mark Few from Gonzaga, Jay Wright from Villanova, Billy Donovan from the NBA, or Brad Stevens from the NBA was because, and I quote, they didn't ask. Reality is, they ask, brother. They definitely ask. And all, every single one of them said no. Jay Wright is the only, go ahead. what, What do they all have in common? They don't want to coach at UNC. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's one of them. I'm not going to go in my direction, but I'll keep it clean. <laughs> but but uh, definitely, like, Jay Rice, the only one that reports came out that he was asking, he turned them down. But, like, the reality is, like, for the reasonable Carolina fans, and I'm going to come to the f- defense of my boy Ryan, Ryan is reasonable, and he was just like, look, Hubert was going to be the coach. He said that in our private thread. Like, he's reasonable. He's a Carolina fan. But the rest of his fan base, like some of them are not like that. They were legitimately thinking they were going to get some of these guys because they do have one of the top three jobs in college basketball. It's not the case. I mean, look, man, it's a great job, but nobody wants to follow the legend. And Roy Williams no. is a legend, man. He like th- they, they were not going to take that job. It's just like you got to sometimes put your heads out of the cloud and be a little more realistic. Hubert Davis is a smart hire for them because he's going to continue the continuity for the program. He's going to be able to uh, keep some of the recruits that he has been recruiting and has been a lead recruiter on. It was probably a smart hire for them. Whether he works out and God, my lips to God's ears, I hope he doesn't. I hope he fails. But reality is it was a smart hire. These other guys were not leaving their programs to come there. That's no, my he'll, ugly. He'll, he'll do good and he'll recruit well. The other guys, like I said, they weren't going to leave. They actually had good jobs they were at. They were doing good jobs, great jobs where they're at, recruiting well and going to continue to win at those programs. Why are they going to take a lateral job to still recruit the same way they're recruiting where they're at now? Yeah, true. The only one, true. The only one out of that list that was probably gettable was arguably would be Jay Wright. And, well, even, he, and even that, 
like I don't think would really he just won a national championship what three years ago four years ago well like, that's the thing that I actually take this is where the Dberries finally differ I think Jay Wright was the one that was the least gettable because he has won two of the last five national titles and why then the freaking blue hell is he gonna leave Villanova where he's won that many championships and he is a legend on campus to come to Chapel Hill where he's gonna be in the shadow of Dean and Roy like none of yeah. these guys were gettable let's be honest they weren't like well, not right now would, give it five would, years and they might be but not right now you're not following you, Roy with a guy like that and why would you want to go for make made the same amount of money and live in a shadow yeah yeah I mean like Roy won three titles and those freaking fan base do not believe that he's better than Dean. I'm sorry. <laughs> like he's better than Dean. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I would say, I, I, you know, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about the Carolina hire here at the beginning. This is good. You're good. The bad, the ugly way to transition into that. Uh, I think with Hubert, um, it could work out really well. It might not. It definitely doesn't scare me as a Duke fan. I'm kind of like, Hell yeah, I hope Coach K sticks around for a few more years and beats the hell out of him. But um but who knows? Like he's kind of, he's a he's a very safe choice, but he's also not an exciting choice. He isn't one of the big names like when they went it, you know, after the Dowdy hire uh in the early two thousands, they went bad and they went out and got Roy. Roy was like, Oh no, they're gonna be good again. Because you knew he was gonna turn the program around. Um it's completely understandable for some for a lot of these guys not to want to follow that. Carolina will always rever Dean Smith, but with Hubert, what do you, you know, like? I just don't know. I don't know like how well he will actually do, and he may surprise us all. And if in five years he's like killing it, I'll you know you can replay all this back and I can say, look, I was wrong. I just don't anticipate it. He doesn't really have any experience and you know, running a program on his own. He's never um, been a head coach at any level. I don't give a shit what anybody says about the JV team. I don't care if that's Dean's legacy. Like, that. that's not a real thing in today's landscape of college basketball. He hasn't been a head coach. No. And, and you know, you see it. I mean, you know, I'll do the Duke comparison. A lot of guys sat on the bench with Coach K, and none of them have done as well as Coach K. You nope. can be in the room. You can be a good recruiter. You can be a smart coach. Well, but that doesn't mean you're going to execute the, uh, on the level of the guy you learn from. You know, Roy Williams was an incredible exception um, to that rule, having learned under Who? Dean Smith. Bray Bray did all right, didn't he? Yeah, Bray's been good. A little bit but there. No, Bray's, Bray's been a little bit really there, like not not recently, but yeah, Bray's a Coach K assistant. He's been a very good yeah. head coach, but he hasn't been at the level. There are literally two examples uh, in college basketball, modern college basketball history, that have been successful following a guy that is a legend, and that is Roy Williams and Coach K. They learned from Dean Smith and Bobby Knight, and they're both a better version of their previous mentor. That's you don't know how rare that is and how special North Carolina basketball, not North Carolina Tar Heels, but North Carolina's state basketball is. And I say this as a state fan because you don't know how special that is because those guys learned from two of the best ever and they continued and exceeded what their mentors did. Like that's incredible. And it's, it's worth commenting on. And me as a pack fan have to even give Roy Williams the credit on that. I, I would like to say one thing about Hubert Davis. I think he's a really good dude. And I like Hubert Davis. And if he had gotten a job anywhere else, I'd be pulling for him, even if he is a Tar Heel. But since he's at the University of North Carolina, I hope he flames out. Yeah, I'll be cheering against him. 
However, I do think he's a good guy. Um, and I have a little bit of empathy for him because the Carolina fan base is going to expect championships like immediately. And that's not going to happen. And then they're going to get restless and then they're going to want a new coach. And it's going to be this whole mess. <laughs> and, you know, it's going to happen. We, we, we already see it writing on the wall with that. Yeah. Wait till Kevin Keats beats him twice in one year for the first time since the Darty years, which might not happen, but it could happen. Then they're really going to be worried. <laughs> so as a Carolina fan, I'll weigh in to kind of like very briefly. I kind of already said this, but I think it's a good hire, period. I think that he has a chance to continue the continuity, which is important for the recruiting. I agree with Dustin that we don't know what's going to happen because he hasn't hired or sorry, he hasn't run a program before, but I think he has the tools to do it. Whether or not he remains to do it is fine. And I think that there are two guys, just like we've talked about with Duke with multiple people in the past, Shire and Wojo and all these other capable in Pittsburgh. Um, I think that there are three people that are part of the quote Carolina family that are in the wings in Stackhouse, um, Wes Miller and Capel, the other Capel brother who's working at Pittsburgh, who are actual coaches. And then I think other than that, if they don't want to go that route, they can go another route in the next three to five years if something doesn't work out. And it'll be a background situation. We tried it and may as well bring in, you know, pay the farm to bring in whoever to immediately make us good. And I, I, I don't – I'm not pie in the sky. I just don't see how this is a loss for Carolina. However – 18 months from now, if they're 500, I'm going to be like, well, I really wish that Jerry Stackhouse looked a little better at his program, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. I do think of the guys within the quote-unquote Carolina family, <clears throat> I think the one that probably had the best resume that probably would have been the best immediately was Wes Miller. But I see where the Rams club is going. It's just because they – Hubert left ESPN for a reason, and he had a cushiony job there making a lot of money. He came back in 2012 to go to Carolina. He didn't come back to be a long-term assistant. He came back to eventually take over the program. And I think he's getting a shot, and I'm happy that he's getting a shot. But I also don't think that hiring Wes Miller right now would have been a good move for Carolina. I think he needs to go somewhere above UNCG to prove himself there and see if he is going to be a good enough coach to be worthy of trotting the same sidelines that Dean Smith and Roy Williams did. You should go to this program I've heard of that's really good. Um, it's called uh, UNC Wilmington. And uh, he should he should <laughs> do a few games there and bring them back to prominence. And then I hear if you leave UNC Wilmington, supposedly schools in North Carolina are interested in you. Now, who ca- who cares if you're any good or not, Kevin Keats? And South Carolina. And South say, Carolina. Look, you, you're that. not going to get me to be defensive. I'm still the jury's still out on Kevin Keats. Just bring it a full circle. <laughs> Let's just rephrase that. He can get a good angle. Rephrase that. If he goes to coach at UNCW, he's setting himself up for a good payday two or three years later. True. Brown Brownell, Kevin Keats. Yeah. He's already very familiar with Wilmington. I mean, he's hung out with me and Morgan on Morgan's porch. He knows all about everything about Wilmington he needs to know. Yeah, Jerry Allen's, even though that's rightful. <laughs> and the end. All right, so moving into the weekend look, Ed, what do you guys have uh, this weekend? Uh, just cleaning. 
getting Crystal's uh, new desk and workspace uh, established for her new job with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, that's that's so funny, Morgan. I'm sorry, I just can't. What? <laughs> what? Morgan, is that is that the first time you broke news? I can't remember. Did you? No, I told you guys last week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also just laughing hysterically at the fact that you literally with a straight face said, oh, pretty much just cleaning. Just cleaning. <laughs> oh, That's about man. it. Well, I'll probably try and watch some kind of sport. I know Martinsville is Sunday, so that's always a good race. Have you ever been? No, I've always wanted to go, though. The, uh, that was going to be my look ahead to the Martinsville race um, on Saturday for some reason. Is that historic? Do we know? Martinsville is one of those racetracks for people like back when, you know, I guess a couple of years up to a couple of years ago, it was a hard, hard ticket to get come by. Then that in Bristol, those two racetracks were always hard tickets to come by. And, you know, but racing is not as popular as it used to be. So, yeah. I wonder if the tickets are hard to come by because the tracks are so short. Because Bristol's a short track. I I, I, I don't it. think it's I don't think it's that. I think it's more the history behind the tracks and just uh, how old they are. And... Yeah. Now, I mean, quick aside on that. I was as a child supposed to. I went to uh, Martinsville me and a friend of mine and his parents and we were supposed to go to the race got rained out sat in the car for like two hours waiting hoping the rain would pass and never did so i was at martinsville we had tickets to go to martinsville and i did not get to see a race at martinsville and it oh. was when I, it was, was back in the day when earnhardt was still around and i was a little kid running around cheering for dale senior well, I have got good news for you on Martinsville. It is probably the exact same time as it was 20 years ago. Nothing, <laughs> uh, one-lane roads, a flea market, and fields. <laughs> so that's good news for you. You can still do Doesn't have Dale Earnhardt, though. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm not He's as interested anymore. Got the next best thing for you. He's got Bubba Wallace. Modern NASCAR is not my thing, but... Anyway, go ahead, Angle. We can sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh no, no, no. Um, the Xfinity, like the AAA race, is on Friday, and the Cup race is on Saturday. The only thing I was going to say, it's interesting you brought up Martinsville. I was talking to my dad earlier this week, and um, he was talking about the Bristol Truck Race. I didn't know this. Uh, apparently, my dad on one of like his work trips, like went and stood outside Bristol while they were racing. He told me this recently. And he's like, "Yeah, I heard the cars, and they were awesome." And I was like, "All right." Was it in Bristol? Because that doesn't seem like any of the places you would have been to. And he's like, I don't know, maybe it's Martinsville. So I'm like, well, Dad, there's a there's a there's a difference. <laughs> Look, I just I'm not calling him out by saying that. I just I thought it was funny that he was like, yeah, I don't know. I stood outside one of them tracks. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it you know. It's, so I, I I could see if it's a if it's a short track though, Morgan. What you're saying about the tickets, why it, you can obviously see better. So. At Bristol and Martinsville. Martinsville is a half mile, so they've got to ride the brakes the whole time. Um, what they get a grandfather clock as a trophy, which um, I could totally fill up this room I'm in with a grandfather clock. I'd love to get one of Danny Hamlin's like 17 that he has. So 
that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, that's it. I can talk about ACC lacrosse, but it's not that important. Just know that Carolina and Duke are the two best teams in, in lacrosse, and we'll leave it at that. I'm going to give you a little side note on Martinsville Speedway. Uh, we just had to look it up because I couldn't remember the actual wins, but uh, Ray Hendrick has got the most wins at Martinsville of 20. And his son, Roy, drove for my dad when my dad owned a race car. Which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That was the Flying 11 thing. Yeah. So that was back when he was uh, driving. He was driving them. He was his dad though drove the uh, the modified cars. Long story short, one of these days I want to get back down to your cabin so we can go to South Boston and hang out. I wonder Definitely, if your man. kid would be old. I wonder if Brody would be old enough to go and hang out with us. That'd be kind of a fun experience. <laughs> one day. One day. All right. Logan, you got to look ahead or should we move to something 64? Uh, so very briefly, I uh, thought that I was supposed to go on Saturday to another male baby shower where we were supposed to shoot guns. And turns out that I was mistaken and it was supposed to be, it was the next weekend. So my weekend's fully open and plan on sitting on the couch with my dog watching TV while the rain comes down to Raleigh. So yeah, that's my weekend. We can move to the next topic. <laughs> what kind of guns were you going to shoot? Anything you want, basically any shotguns or rifles. I, I believe, I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm a gun rights guy, but I'm not a big gun guy. So I, I'm not going to sit here and like, say that I've, I know a lot about how to shoot guns. I was like literally the only guy in the group that now I, now I know is the 17th, not the 10th. Um, that is not going to be like, hell yeah, brother, let me shoot this, you know, clay here that they're going to shoot from somewhere. I don't, I don't know. Uh, the D berries didn't do that. So yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> in that note, I'll take the next topic. Coming from the guy who thought that the Ryder Cup was like 18 months in advance of when we previewed that we were going to talk about it on the podcast. So it's all good. At least you, at least you were only a week ahead of time. True, true. Uh, very quickly. Um, I think we're closing it out tonight, right, guys? Let's do it. Let's all do right. It. Southern 64, we have 18 left. And to be quite honest, uh, because we took a break with our buddy Ryan on the podcast, we're just going to close this out tonight. Normally, we would have split them up and then have the championship game. We're not doing that. March Madness is over. It's April. April is master season. So we're going to close this out. Southern 64, sports. You've got two, fellas. We'll keep it brief. It's senior versus Coach K. Senior beat out Marty Smith. Coach K beat out the 90s Braves. I'm sorry. I'm going with number three. I, I just, I, that's an easy one for me. I'm the NASCAR guy and I'm the, uh, uh, not Duke hater, but I'm not a huge fan of Duke. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, Morgan, how you feel? Morgan's, Morgan's counting for us and you can't see it America, but he put up uh, one, two, one, three fingers. One. One, one, two, Are you three. sure? I think that he's trying to put number the three. shape of a K. I, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I saw three fingers. And it's in I was just saying, it's in keeping with Morgan's brand. He likes counting things. I know. 
All right. Logan, what you got? Yeah, so uh, trust me, like, number three is a big part of the South, but this subjective tournament, Mike Krzyzewski, all day. 1980, he changed uh, Duke basketball. Duke basketball was a good program that went to I – w- I want to take a minute to talk about how Duke basketball has not been just since Coach K. I'm going to use my time to say this. Vic Buvis had a, a head-to-head record ahead that he beat Dean Smith in the 60s. He went to two Final Fours. Dean Smith did not what? in the 19th. He did. Look it up, brother. So Vic Bubis has a better head-to-head record against Dean Smith uh, in the 1960s. He went to two Final Fours, lost in the national title to UCLA. 1970s, they went through a little bit of a downturn with Bucky Waters. And then in the late 70s, Bill Foster came into town, and they played against Kentucky in the, in 78, I believe, in the national title, and they did not win. Good program going into it. But in 1980, it all changed. They had a hard guy out of West Point. His name was Mike Krzyzewski. He was a disciple of uh, Bob Knight. Mike Krzyzewski, it took him a few years, but by the 86 season, when that class that saved Coach K, to paraphrase ESPN, came in, it was a different ball game for the ACC. And, you know, Coach K changed the trajectory of the of the ACC because Dean Smith was literally the end-all, be-all at the time Coach K said, it's, there's a new sheriff in town, asshole. So, Coach K, it is. Thank you for that. Riveting history lesson. <laughs> it's important <laughs> to set the record straight from the perception versus the facts. <laughs> that was all facts. I actually just watched last night an SEC Network special about the Kentucky team that Duke lost to in the uh, national championship in '78. So that's all true. Straight facts, no printer, homie. So my word about I will simply, I will simply. Just agree with my brother. That's right. I don't really need to add anything to that. <laughs> Again, the D Bears on the safe wavelength today. The world's in trouble. Oh God. <laughs> Morgan, is Crystal in the room? Yes, she is. All right. Ask her who advances. Senior. This doesn't count. We have to go to Facebook. <laughs> we can't have a sample size of one. We at least have to have two. Well, let's, let's just do it this team. way. Let, I got a better way. The winner, the winner is whoever's actually born in the South. Ooh. Well, we we that, come on. We can't. We can, you know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a loaded who, who, question. Who, who has who has more trophies in their cases? All right. Perhaps we can try and do some engagement on Facebook. ACC championships. Coach K wins. So for the record, we'll go on. We'll go and ask on. <laughs> on Facebook and we'll go from there. So I uh, guess we're not going to finish this night. <laughs> I was, I was curious to see what, what Crystal would say if she was in the room. Um, entertainment. Entertainment is our next category. So again, guys, we have sports. We have I'm ashamed of you, Dustin. Sports. <laughs> sports is one of our regions. Entertainment is one of our regions. Cities and experiences is one of our regions and food is one of our regions. So for the entertainment section, we have Andy Griffith, who beat out uh, Leonard Skinner last week. And we have Tom Petty, who beat out actually the Dukes of Hazzard. Um, For whatever it's worth, I am going to vote because I have been consistently trying to vote against him this entire time, Tom Petty. I am going to point out something that I saw earlier this week that I purposely did not put in the, in the notes. I saw Andy Griffith. And I saw something about him this week. It said, the reason Mayberry was so peaceful and quiet 
was because nobody was married. Andy, Aunt B, <laughs> Howard, Goober, Gomer, Sam, Ernest T. Bass. I'm probably Bass. 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 I, Bass. I, say, I know I'm saying some of these. Helen, Thelma Lou. I didn't claim I watched it. I just. Morgan's face palming right now, folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the Carolina fan. What do you expect? And Opie were all single. You should know it then. The only married person was Otis, and he stayed drunk the whole time. <laughs> Randy Griffith, because that reminds me of my life. I'm married, and I stay drunk the whole time. No, it's, 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 but I'm voting for Andy Griffith. I tried to listen to some Tom Petty this morning to get in the mood. Like, maybe I'll think, no, it's, 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 it's not for me. We had a wonderful experience in Chicago, Tom, but it's Andy Griffith. We'll me. always have Chicago, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, what do you think? So this was probably the hardest one of the entire tournament for me because you're talking about two things that were very influential on my childhood on up to how I am as an adult because literally, as we've discussed, and I won't go into detail, but the D-Berries, we watched Andy Griffith as a family, even to this day we do. And then like Dustin, as my older brother, introduced me to Tom Petty, which has been a big thing for me. But as much as I love music and as much as I love Tom Petty, there's a lot of other artists that I find just as influential for as Tom Petty. When it comes to TV shows, when it comes to things that I watch, I look back on fondly with my family. There's very few. And the Andy Griffith show is one thing that I, I always will look back on with really good memories, both even to this day with watching with the whole D-Berry family. The Andy Griffith show, Barney Fife, like, I mean, you named a lot of the characters, even though you mispronounced Ernest T. Bass's name, but like it's it, it's just a fantastic show. It's North Carolina through and through. And like I said last week, the world can use a little more of Mayberry. It's, even though he's a UNC grad, I'm going with Andy Griffith. Very slightly, very slightly, because th- I'm not lying to you when I say this was the hardest one for me to pick this entire tournament. Good. Now you know how I feel when we kick George straight out for no reason. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> go ahead. I, I would agree this was by far the hardest one. Um, and I got a little bit of recency bias because I've been listening to uh, the Wildflowers Deluxe uh, album recently. So for context, you know, any, anyone who doesn't know a lot about Petty, one of his best albums was the Wildflowers album. And it was put out, I think, like 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a just fantastic front to back. Still one of my favorite albums he ever put out. But after his death, they revealed that that he actually recorded something like 25 songs and wanted to originally do a double album. Record label wouldn't let him do a double album. So we only put that out and said, one day I want to put these songs up. Post after he passed away, they put it out. I've been listening to it. It's, It's amazing how talented the man is. Um. On the other side of that is everything Logan described. It's kind of childhood versus how influential Tom Petty is to me. I'm, I was kind of waiting for tonight to kind of figure out which one that I actually wanted to pick. Um, I think I'm slightly leaning towards Andy Griffith. Although I very much look forward to sharing both with my daughter in the years to come. Well, Dustin, you're in luck 
Uh, that's a good thing that you said that because I do believe that I have both the new, uh, all the bonus songs. I have a, that whole record, it's three records actually on vinyl that I just bought recently. So if Emmy, whenever she wants, when I know I'm going to see you in a couple of weeks, I'll bring it home and Emmy can dance to the full Tom Petty record. So I have nice. it. I, I bought I'm it in. recently. I'm in. Let's do it. Morgan? Um, to, to piggyback off you, Dustin, Wildflowers was a great album. Tom, I love Tom Petty. He's one of my favorite artists. Regret not seeing him live. You know, that album, Wildflowers, is one of the Probably one of the first couple of CDs I remember uh, buying when it came out. I think it was, like you said, it was 94. Um, but Andy Griffith, I mean, come on. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, yeah, it's a tough one, but I'm I'm going with Andy. I won't, won't keep y'all waiting on that. I'll say that. Um, learning why is one of my favorite personal songs of Tom Petty's. It explains a lot to me about college and moving out on my own. Sure, I'm not going out on the record by saying that. And then um, It'll All Work Out is a song that means a lot to me personally, which is kind of an obscure track. So uh, I'm not taking shots at Tom Petty. I just feel like he advanced further than he should have in this round, but I completely understand why you guys feel the way you do about him. I don't want to make light of that. But uh, Andy Griffith's 4-0 win on this, so we'll move him into whoever beats Senior and Coach K. <laughs> I would like to say that, in my opinion, the most underrated Tom Petty song um, was on Wildflowers and is Crawling Back to You. I just had to throw that in there. That's my favorite Petty song. Is it? Well, I think oh, it's yeah. his most. it's not my favorite, but it's his most underrated. Check it out. If you haven't listened to Crawling Back to You, Tom Petty, go do that right now. But just make sure you come back to this podcast afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on Spotify, so you have no excuse. This, this meandering podcast. <laughs> Cities and experiences. All right, we got an easy-ish one. Duke Carolina basketball or tailgating? I'm not going to pick first here. I'm going to go to a Duke fan first because I think we might get other opinions from the other two. Duke Carolina, Dustin. Yes. Tailgating. Oh, I thought that you were asking me. Yes. Duke Carolina. That, that ex- it, the robbery, the experience, all that goes into that is more important to me than tailgating. So, yes. Okay. I'll go to the state fan who has enjoyed tailgating for what, eight years, Logan? Yeah, eight seasons. I haven't missed a game. So is it that or is it or is it Duke Carolina? So I'm the only one on this podcast that has been to a Duke Carolina game in person and at Cameron Indoor nonetheless. And throughout my life, I've been a big Duke fan. I, I was used to watch that game religiously. So if you had asked me a year ago, it would have been an easy question, but I still, I, it, this was another tough one and I still love Duke Carolina basketball. But if you ask me currently right now in 2021, tailgating at state games is a little more important to me than watching a Duke Carolina game. Cause I barely watched their matchups this year. So since this is subjective and not just based on the cumulative 
uh, impact it's made on all of our life. It's all subjective. I'm going with tailgating. Morgan, Virginia Tech fan. Wow, I'm I'm going with tailgating. I mean, I love sitting in parking lots, drinking, eating some good food, going into a ball game, football game, about half drunk, and just rooting. Especially depending on where you're at, halftime, going back out to the parking lot, refueling up on some uh, fighting juice, hitting on back in. Then depending on where you're at, afterwards you go to a house party. <laughs> I like it. I wasn't sure where we were going to go with this, but I'm glad that we got here. As a, a va- you've some of you listened, unfortunately, to 30 of our podcasts by now. <laughs> As a proud Carolina football fan and a reasonable, as I heard tonight. And Logan, I love when you have a couple of beers. All of a sudden, you're real nice about Carolina. All of a sudden, uh, um, look, I'm a reasonable guy, man. Like I, I'm a straight shooter. I tell everybody that. So, but uh, as a reasonable, just ask me. <laughs> I prefer the tailgating scene. That's me. I've been to LSU. Next topic. Terrible choice. Move on. You guys don't even tailgate in Chapel Hill. <laughs> My niceness is over. <laughs> yeah, what a joke. What a joke. Anyway, let, let, let's let him finish. Tailgating is going to win. Next topic. Carolina basketball. It's going to win. It's going to win because of my love for it, period. Not just because of my love of Carolina football. It's going to win. Terrible choice. Well, maybe I haven't been to the, all the sweet games. So. You are a Carolina fan, so I shouldn't expect any different out of you. Let's go. Next one, food. Fried chicken, mac and cheese. Dustin, burn it down to Barry. Tell us what you think. <laughs> Easy, fried chicken. Mac and cheese is way overrated. It's the most overrated food on the planet. Everybody acts like it's so good, and it can be, but fried chicken's way better. I'm just, no way. If mac and cheese wins this, I'm quitting. <laughs> Morgan. Fried chicken. Oh, I thought you were going to be so tempted to say mac and cheese. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> Fair enough. Logan, what do you think? There's only one of these two that when it's so good, as the saying says in the South, because this is a Southern pack podcast, that it's so good it makes you want to slap your mama. And that's only fried chicken. So it's fried chicken all the way. Sorry, mama. I'm not trying to slap you. I can actually agree with this one. I was kind of bummed, actually, in real life that fried chicken went up against barbecue in the last round. Uh, I think that those should have been the two last ones. I was surprised that Mac and Cheese I'll go with fried chicken. We'll make this one in So, the final four then. We can. I don't know how we're supposed to close this out tonight if there's a, if we don't have a decision here. Call us in it next week, just like we do Bless Your Heart every week. <laughs> Fair enough. The final four is uh, the decision between senior and Coach K, uh, Andy Griffith, tailgating, and fried chicken. Uh, that's that's pretty authentic, honestly. If you guys ask me, so I think so. All right, we've been we've been burying the lead, Logan. Let's get to it. Let's not bury the lead on miserable and reckless. Let's move right into what we really all want to talk about, and by all I mean half of us here. So. <laughs> This week is a big week in the world of professional golf. As everyone knows, I like to play golf. I am have a passing attention to, to the PGA. 
Engel loves the PGA. So the other guys, I don't can't speak for them. I'm not going to put words in their mouth. But this week is literally my favorite tournament of the year, and it is the Masters. Like it's literally probably the one thing that I look forward to the most when I look at uh, a Thursday through Sunday uh, golf tournament. Yeah, so like it's one of those things that the winner gets the green jacket. It's just one of those things in golf that everybody looks forward to seeing who wins the Masters. Even in Happy Gilmore, they even kind of spoofed it with the golden jacket. So the Masters is a big deal. I mean, it just is. If you don't know about it, you need to check it out because it's a big deal. The, I mean, the, the big headlines going into, unfortunately, unfortunately, with Tiger's big accident, he's not going to be able to compete this year. He won a couple years ago. Uh can Dustin Johnson repeat? I mean, he's he's a Southern boy. I mean, he went to Coastal Carolina, so he has some Myrtle Beach ties. People like to talk about Myrtle Beach on here. Um, you know, Bryson DeChambeau is somebody that I'm a big fan of, and I know that some of the others might not be, but I'd like to see what he can do. And, um, you know, Jordan Spieth has been a guy that just won the uh, tournament last weekend down in Texas. He's been playing good golf recently, and really he's had one of the better – overall scores on the rounds in the last few years, but he's choked. So can is Spieth back? Can he win it again? He won it when he was younger. Let's see what he can do. You know, if Rory Rory McElroy, his name always trips me up. I'm not gonna I like it doesn't. If Rory were to win, he'd complete the Grand Slam on the uh the majors on the PGA, which is a big deal. I mean, Rory was just talking to, he went to go visit Tiger recently and he went in to go see Tiger and said, he sees all of his master's trophies, all 15 of them. And he goes, where are your other trophies from the tournaments you've won? Majors trophies. Majors. Yeah. Not masters. Sorry. Majors trophies. And uh, he was like, so where are your others? He goes, honestly, I don't know. That just speaks to how Tiger was. And Rory was like, you know what? That's kind of cool. I mean, it just speaks to the competitor that he is. So it would be a big deal if Rory can, you know, win the Grand Slam. So moving it out away from that, it was uh, kind of cool to see that, you know, some of the the old guys that we've had on there. Uh, Angle, you probably know more about them than I do. They were able to be, kind of be the starter, the official starters on the course. Like, if you want to talk about them for a minute, sure. So part of the reason why. Um, it was interesting on our group text. I was like, Hey guys, I got some brief notes about the masters. And it was like, well, why don't we actually talk about it as like the main topic? Like it's a big deal. And I was like, okay, cool. Like if, if, if you guys want to like allow us to do that, that's kind of cool. So, and the reason, the reason I bring that up is because the masters is a big tradition. I know they have like the gym Nance. It's a tradition like any other and all this. He does say that a lot, but, but long story short is that it, it it really is famous and it's it's been around for a long time and it means a lot. Um, it's definitely on top of a lot of people's bucket lists. Uh, to your point, uh, Logan, if, if Rory is able to do this, there's five people in the world ever that have done what he might be able to do. That's Jack Nicklaus. Um, for those not familiar with golf, he's a big deal and it's one of the three that Logan was just talking about that starts the tournament every year. Um, he's like the official. I don't know, like Godfather might be an interesting way of saying that he gets to swing first. And um, then there's Tiger Woods, there's uh, Ben Hogan, there's Gary Player, who's another one of those three that uh, starts the tournament every year. And then there's a guy from the 20s named Gene Saracen, which is kind of like like throwing Babe Ruth into a conversation about like, you know, like 
Mark McGuire and Mike Trout. So or like, John Wooden in with Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams and Bobby Knight. But yeah. Exactly. So uh, I'm not taking anything away from him, which is saying it happened a while ago. All right. So there's some traditions. I'll run through this quickly. You have Amen Corner. For those that are not familiar with golf, 18 holes. Masters held in Georgia every year. Um, a lot of the tournaments move around. That's why I'm bringing that up. Um, the players, which we've talked about in the past, uh, is held in Florida. And uh, Amen Corner and is in Augusta, Georgia. They hold it there every year. You have the 10th hole that makes up Amen Corner. The 10th hole, par four. The 11th hole, par four. And then the 12th hole, uh, par three. So basically what I'm saying here is that uh, you've got four shots to make it in the 10th, four shots to make it in the 11th, three shots to make it in the 12th. It's very famous. It's very picturesque. You've got these bridges and, and the greens that leak down into the creek, and it's very hard to hit it. And honestly, I mean, it, 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 people can get super romantic and syrupy about this, but the bottom line is it's a really cool place to watch. And if you're watching it on Sunday and somebody's in the lead, and, and uh, it's very interesting. The thing that we've brought up in the past, because this happened in November, um, well, we were podcasting and it was just kind of a weird experience. We were in the middle of college football and everything else. Normally this tournament occurs in April every year, but we brought up the food, right? And I know we posted something about it on Facebook. So I wanted to bring that up to you guys. You love your pet, but hate wearing their hair. Did- <laughs> you good. <laughs> I mean, look, let's let's be honest. Everybody on Miserable and Reckless loves their pets. Uh should we count back in? We're obviously good. Is that one of our sponsors? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was awesome. <laughs> a kitten? Is your cat too loud? We <laughs> focus here. I don't care. The food. The food of the masters. Menu on site. Uh, you could order one of these. <laughs> Of the sandwiches for 14 bucks. So you can get a tuna sandwich, barbecue sandwich, egg salad, pimento, turkey, ham and cheese. Again, people, the thing to take away from all this is that these sandwiches are a buck fifty. Uh the really expensive fancy sandwiches are two fifty. I mean, that's that's absurd of. Like it, it, it's just it's just unheard of compared together. That's what I meant to say there. I know I'm Borgen, uh born Morgan here, but uh No, you're fine. You can get $2 beers. You can get $3 fancy beers like Heineken's. You just uh, got Morgan's attention. <laughs> is Heineken fancy? I, I disagree. I think James, Heineken sucks. James Bond I drinks agree. it. That's, that's not I agree. It sucks. I'd rather drink Miller Lite than Heineken. Let me say rather, you have $2 beers and $3 imports. I'd rather drink okay, natural there you light. Go. You also, if you've had too many of those imports and you didn't like them, you can buy an aspirin for 50 cents. <laughs> what sporting event can you go to where you can buy an aspirin for 50 cents? I just, so anyways, go ahead. I'll say this. I'll say this. Yeah, I'll say this. I can appreciate, because you brought this up before and we, we've touched on it uh, either on Facebook or just in our group chat. I appreciate it to have the prices so affordable. However, it better be after that ticket price to get in there. So 
I, you know, like it ain't unless you're getting them free corporate tickets somehow. Uh, as I said on yeah. the group chat, are you guys going to go with me and Logan? Or are you guys going to, you know, like put your kid's college fund on hold for a little while and then, and then be able to afford tickets? <laughs> if you buy my ticket, I am in. I'll buy my own flight and I'll help pay for the, uh, the house we stay in, but I'm not buying my I'll ticket even, to I'll, it. I'll, I'll, you, I'll, I'm even out. Buy, I'll even buy you a couple of Heinekens. How about this? You guys buy your own flights and you help pay for the house and then you buy our beers and we got it covered. All right. <laughs> Me and Logan have been quietly right. skiing behind the scenes uh, since 15 minutes ago to get us press passes based on the fact that we are an established podcast here now with 31 whole episodes on the internet. Um, any day now, they're going to give us press passes to the Masters. I'm waiting for the email back. I emailed them. I just I know it's coming any day now. Uh, oh, well. There's a champion's dinner. It's on Tuesday night. Look, we can keep it simple. The champion picks what he wants. Dustin Johnson, Southern guy. You can guess what he had. Uh, I did. I did want to point out. He he pointed out he was going to have a bunch of Southern food, and then pointed out that he also uh, was going to have steak. Par three, Logan. You mentioned it. Normally, it's on Wednesdays. They didn't have it this year. Um, sometimes on practice rounds, the guys skip the balls across the 16th hole. I know that again. It's a tradition, and it seems kind of funny to watch but if you're on site and you can see a bunch of like i don't know like tiger woods and roy mcelroy and phil mickelson and all these guys and they're purposely like ruining a shot to try and see if they can skip it across the water that's absolutely something that we would try and do at the bay house i just appreciate like the nonchalance like hey let's see if it goes in and so here's where i wanted to bring you guys in this is something that i don't think would uh would work very well for us if we actually did end up on site they have ridiculously strict rules. Um, first of all, they have no cell phones and no cameras on tournament days. So if we went on a tournament day, like and we tried to use a cell phone or tried to sneak one in, like we're absolutely out. So there's definitely no live podcasting or no like live checking in with the wife to see how the kids are doing, which by the way is a great excuse. I'm just putting that out there. It's a beauty of golf. <laughs> but uh, uh, you can't bring a cell phone in. Um, there's no bags. They have a very specific anti-armrest chair policy, which seems very odd. Um, that seems like a great place to put your drinks, but you know, don't don't shoot me. Um, and apparently, no strollers. So again, masters anti-kids. Um, just pointing that out. Uh, no jeans. So you guys are gonna might have to invest in some khakis or at least a nice pair of chubby shorts. And uh, apparently, there's no high heels. I didn't know that they were so anti-women too. But uh, there's one thing I can think of is that a woman's gonna be, a woman's gonna be walking around the golf course in a pair of high heels, you know. In the South, at a fancy tournament, yeah. I mean, I actually like that rule. That's such a silly thing when you see people running around in heels where they barely walk. I don't know. I'm just gonna say that Dustin Johnson's uh, fiance, wife, whatever she is, Paula Negretzky, can wear whatever she wants to. I believe not you. according to club rules. <laughs> I don't care what the club says. <laughs> this is miserable or reckless. We have no rules. You can't wear sandals. I'll point that out. You can't wear sandals as long as they're sturdy, according to the master slate, which I don't know what the hell that means. But uh, there's no running ever, which basically brings me back to being a lifeguard. No running. Hey, hey, stop it. Uh, 
There's no autograph except during the par three contest, which is not gonna happen this year. And Morgan, we can't go reload because there's only two gate entries per day. So we have to bring in a ton of stuff so that we don't have to pay for all those Heinekens. So those cheap prices, you don't have to bring anything in. Well, I'm still, you know. Maybe some sag rum or gin, whatever whatever it was. No sandals, no running, can't leave to go reload. It sounds like I don't want to be part of the no fun club here. <laughs> I guess I'll go get Angle to show me a good pair of Sperry's to buy and some chubby short shorts and that Carolina polo shirt. Like, don't hate on Sperry's, man. I'll tell you, they're comfortable. Thank you for standing up for the golf bro crowd, Logan. I appreciate no. What wake up uh, floating on a yacht, probably. <laughs> <laughs> should we go over our favorites or should we? What do you if we do it quickly? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Logan. Yeah, so for me, like obviously the big favorite, and I even think he was the Vegas favorite, was Dustin Johnson. I mean, he's had a like two straight good rounds, and the last Masters was not that long ago when he won. Um, a couple years ago when he, he uh, came in second, I believe, to Tiger Woods. Dustin Johnson's number one golfer in the world for a reason. Like, DJ is a guy that, like, one, he's badass because he once got in trouble for spitting dip spit on the greens with the PGA, so I like the guy. But he also, you know, is playing good, like, the best golf in the world right now. So he's obviously a guy that, you, you know, you have to count as a favorite. Another guy that I don't have a lot of, like, like out of the out of left field picks with mine, but another guy that I would say is Bryson DeChambeau because Bryson has literally been like on top of things over the last few tournaments and he didn't start off great today. Like I know we're we're recording on a Thursday after the first day of the tournament, but uh Bryson's a guy that I'm not gonna count out. So Bryson's been playing good golf. The other one is Jordan Spieth. But the reason I count Jordan Spieth on the lower end of my favorites is because while Jordan Spieth has one of the the better uh, average tournament scores here at the Masters, Jordan Spieth is also a guy that he gets in his own head a lot. This is a hard course, and he hasn't really won in a few years. Um, he won when he was younger, but now, like... You know, if he hits one, if he hits one in the water, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that. I think that Jordan Spieth is going to pull through. He's not Tiger in the late '90s, early 2000s. I'd like to see Jordan win, but I'm not going to bet on the guy. My my dark horse was before we started recording this, and now it's a bad pick because he was like last time I looked, he was like six over through his first round. But Peter Millar's own sponsor, Lee Westwood, I thought that he was would be a good dark horse because he had been playing pretty good golf recently and had been competing with uh, Bryson in a lot of these tournaments, but that was, that now looks like a bad pick. And I see that, but those were my, uh, my picks for the masters. What about you, Ryan? All right. So I had expended this a lot more. I'll keep it very simple. My long shot is Max Homa. He's plus 9,000 right now. Bet a dollar win nine grand. Uh, He's already won this year. He's a good iron player. He puts well. That's important here. I don't want to beat a dead horse. The greens are firm right now, and they're petty, uh, that they're going to roll fast. So long story short is good putters are going to have to be important here. 
and uh, people that can hit the ball very far and play well on a par five, which is a five-hole course, are going to have to do well here today. We don't know what's going to happen at the end of the weekend because there's expected to be rain. I'm not going to go more technical than that. I'm just going to say that Max Helma seems like a decent pick to do that. There's a value pick in Cam Smith. First of all, the reason why I wanted to bring this guy up, he has two top fives in the last three Masters. He leads in par five scoring, which I just mentioned. And he's an excellent putter. Plus, he has a mullet. And as you know, on this podcast, we are pro mullet, especially based on the Coastal Carolina football team last year. So if you want $4,080, bet a dollar on Cam Smith. He's from Australia. It's a fun interview. Uh, my bust of the week was actually Lee Westwood, so I'm glad you brought that up, Logan. I'll leave it at that. And then my pick to win this weekend because I don't – I'm reverse jinxing Rory because I hope he wins is Webb Simpson, a North Carolina guy. He went to Raleigh Wake guy. Yeah, he went to Wake Forest. Um, and uh, he's done very well in scrambling, which is important. And I won't go into all the technical details about golf. It's just – it's good to say that if you can scramble well, you can play this course well. And he's, uh, he's a solid player. He's a solid putter. And uh, yeah, what is he, fourth after the end of today? Something yeah, like he, he had a good day today. So there we go. We'll leave it at that. Um, now, we've been talking a lot. Dustin, I think you had some questions because I think you think we're full of shit about how much we love golf. Yeah, and we, and we might be. So. Agree. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I would say that's true. Yeah, I've got some Ask the S Experts questions that I thought would be fun. Some of them you may know, some of them you may not. We'll see how it goes. There's a couple easy ones to get us started. Um, where's the tournament played? Augusta, Georgia. Augusta, Georgia. There you go. So one one of our uh, loyal listeners had actually sent us a Twitter poll um, of what would golfers do for a round at Augusta, and. The answers that actually got 10% or more, well, almost 10% or more would, would move their wedding date, would miss their child's birthday, would give up golf after their round, and then would pay a year's salary. Actually, 10% of people said that. I would do none of those things, but there are people out there who love enough golf that they would do it. Would either of you, Logan, I know you're more adamant about playing golf, would y'all, either of you do either any of those four things? I mean, look, I'll say that uh, I'm willing to miss my child's birthday. They have a lot of birthdays. I don't have a child, so I can say that. But, yeah, look, let's not act like it's going to be their only birthday. I miss their birthday. <laughs> that it? That's the only one you'd be willing to do? Yeah, that's, the one, that's the one I was most willing to do. Pick right. one. Yeah, just pick <clears throat> one. Well, um. My wife knows that when we go on vacation, it generally tends to be during the Masters weekend. And so, um, depending, like, for example, we watched Tiger win in 2019 in Fort Lauderdale. I know she wanted to go see Cheryl Crow, but, like, Tiger was winning. So, I don't know if that counts for wedding date moving, but um, she knows where she stands in comparison to the Masters, she said. Um, <laughs> we don't have any children. Um would give up golf after their round. I don't know what that means, but I would, I would be willing to uh, 
not play any golf beforehand and not play any golf afterwards and just play at the Masters. So that counts. And would pay a year's salary. I assume that's what it costs to get into the Masters. So um, uh, a four for four is what I'm saying. All right. Good enough for me. We can keep rolling through these questions. I got a, a few here. Um, another one that I think be pretty easy for y'all. Who's the youngest player to ever win the Masters? I'm going to guess it's Tiger in 97. Tiger in 97. 21 years, three, day, three months, and 14 days. Yeah, that was my who, guess, too. Who has the most green jackets? Jack Nicholas, six times. Six times. Do you know what else uh, he would be known for? I mean, there's a lot of things, but playing off some of the questions that we've already asked. I would not. I, I just have a fun fact. Go ahead. He was the oldest player to win the Masters at 46 years old, two months and 23 days. Oh, is that in the 80s? I don't know. I'm not a golf fan. I just looked these facts up for y'all. Uh, when did the tradition of members wearing their green jackets start? At Augusta National, specifically the course, because the course, you know, as you know, the club is different, separate from the Masters, even though they're connected. That's got to be in the 80s, too, right? That's much earlier than that. I'm going to say 1963. Later, later than that. Earlier. Oh. 1977? 1937. Oh, wow. The the club actually purchased them from New York's Brooks Uniform Company, and the purpose was so that they could spot their members easier. So members would wear them around the club because the club is open, I believe I read, like October to May. And, yeah, that was basically the purpose of it. Uh, the first Masters was held in 1934. What are the three years that the Masters was not actually played? I don't know the years off the top of my head, but I want to say it was like it was definitely a while back. I want to say it was like 50 years ago, but I don't know that off the top Probably, of my head. I, I, would, I, would, I would assume during World War II. Yeah. Angle. I think I heard that canceled one during the pandemic in 1919. Am I wrong in saying that? Well, the first master was in 1934, so yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been true south I was watching. I'm not sure. <laughs> all, all right. right. Actually, Morgan hit it on the head. It was 1943, 1944, 1945. And the reason they canceled it, World War II. Uh, who are the only pro golfers who are members of Augusta National, like actual members? Um, and hint, they aren't playing today. They're not uh, players who would be playing in like the tournament today, but they are living. Jack. I'm going to go with Jack Nicholas. I'm going to go with the obvious Jack Tiger and Ben Hogan. Well, Ben Hogan is not alive, so. Take those two. Angle. Is it uh what is it daily? Jack. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say no to that. That's definitely not it. <laughs> I like the guess though. 
I would say it's. I don't want to play it longer. I would say it's, I, my my guess would be Jack. My guess my guess would be the three guys that teed off today, uh, ceremoniously for the par three. Uh, so yes, Jack Nicholas. Uh, the only other living pro golfer is John Harris, who was not actually a PGA Tour member. He was an amateur and then played on the senior tour, but formerly Arnold Palmer when he was alive. Okay. They there's were actual a, members of Augusta National. There's a course in Raleigh that is only nine holes, so you have to play it twice, but it was designed by Arnold Palmer, so it's kind of a cool course to play. That's cool. Didn't know that. Um, official drink in the Masters. What is it? I can tell you what I would drink at the Masters. Not what would you drink. What is the official drink? So at the at the Kentucky Derby, mint everybody's juice. drinking mint juleps. Yeah. What are they drinking at the Masters? I would guess it's an honor par. I'm just gonna go with the very uh, basic bro kind of frat boy answer. It's the golf beer, Mick Ultra. Morgan, you want to throw in on that one? I thought it was Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. It it is actually the Azalea which we can all appreciate because Wilmington and all the Azaleas and the Azalea Festival, but it's a mix of vodka, grenadine, and lemonade. So, okay. I don't I know. It's pink. It has a little umbrella in it. I don't know. I saw some pictures on the internet about it. Um, Sounds pretty. Yeah. So the last, uh, the last one I'll have um, of the par three holes, which one has the least amount of hole in ones throughout the history of the entire tournament? Well, there's only been 23, and one happened today. Fairway Jesus knocked one in, a.k.a. Tommy Fleetwood. Logan, I'm looking at you because I know I'm supposed to know what hole this was because I watched it. I'm, I'm thinking, and I may be wrong, but is it 16? Mm-hmm. That can't be right. There's no way that can be right. Yeah, see, I don't know this one, so I was, just took a shot in the dark. Hold on. Um, Dustin, I know you love Jeopardy. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> of the par three holes, which one has the fewest hole in ones? There are what four par threes, something like that. The twelfth. Final answer. What is the twelfth? Magnolia. <laughs> Magnolia. Who, is that what it's Who is the twelfth? I know the 12th. one of them's Camellia, one of them's Azalea, and one of them's Magnolia. Right. I have no idea. I'll just tell you the answer. It's the fourth hole. The fourth hole. There's only been one in all the years of the tournament on the fourth hole. Do you know who it was? That, uh, that was my second guess, by the way. Jeff, <laughs> uh, Jeff Sluman, S-L-U-M-A-N, 1992. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fan of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I knew all about him. Yep. Anyway. Ask the experts on the Masters. A little bit of history, a little bit of fun with the drink, a little bit of green jagged talk. That's all I got for you this time. Well, I've come up with more for uh, next year. Yeah, when we're at Augusta. Exactly. They've committed to it. Just listen to tonight's podcast. We can point to it and say we were here last year because we did a whole podcast on the Masters. Exactly. And we can be like, hey, we guess what? We got our press passes. You guys buy our drinks. Hey, angle. 
ne next year we can pull like a Fritzy and, and make fun of people's names. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, so moving away from the Masters, even though everyone should definitely watch this weekend because it's always a fun tournament. Moving away into what is always one of our favorite topics here on Miserable and Reckless, the Morgan's Cancel Corner. Morgan, take it away. Well, welcome back to another riveting episode of Morgan's Canceled Corner. Canceled. So, this week's canceled episode is brought to you actually by my wife, Crystal. This was one of, I actually had a good one, but she, hers is really good. So, you know, due to COVID, uh, things closed down for a little bit and then they slowly reopened, like, you know, mainly stores. And with clothing stores, like let's just say Kohl's, for instance, you can go shop there, but you can't try stuff on because, you know, COVID, you know, people go in a dressing room, they, you know, one by one could leave behind some remnants of COVID and someone else might catch it. Right. So instead of going into each room after someone leaves and wiping it down, they just assume we'll just, you know, close dressing rooms all together. You know, they, they did their own canceling of uh, dressing rooms. So you know, when you go in there to a store, you, you want to try things on, right? You don't want to take it home, try it on, and then bring it back. And this is mainly more for the women, I guess, because I know what my clothes are when I buy them. I know they're going to fit. Um, so you bring them home, you got to try them on. They don't fit, you got to bring them back. That's a, uh, you know, it's a headache for most people. So I think that these stores need to get off their butts, hire some people to stand outside the dressing rooms, and... uh wipe down the rooms as as people leave so people can get back to trying on things at the store so i am canceling the canceling of uh dressing rooms being closed you're canceling brick and mortar dressing rooms <laughs> yeah i'm going canceling the closure of them i like it so as always thank you for tuning in for morgan's canceled corner Tune, tune in next week. Uh, same canceled time, same canceled show. Cancel. All right. So, as we always like to try to bring a little bit of positivity to your life, this week we unfortunately ran out of time. So, we're going to have to kick next week's Bless Your Heart into next week. So we will see you on the next episode That's of Miserable and Reckless. It's a shame. It's always a shame, man. But, you know, what can we Dustin, do? Dustin actually had one prepared this week, too. He did. He had a good one, too. But what can we do? I mean, we don't make the rules. We talked for 12 minutes about Uber Davis. We should have just talked about good goodness in the world. But instead, next we week. talked about Carolina basketball, yeah. which is a shame for everyone. So, any. But, any Anytime we, can, we don't have to talk, talk about Carolina basketball, it's a good day. So That's true. So next week will be a good day, brother. So anyways, for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, as always, I'm Logan sitting here with Dustin, Ryan, and Morgan. We will see you next week.